You're listening to the Built Shapes Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. If you want to get nostalgic this summer, we've got you covered. Every Friday night and the occasional Saturday in May, June, and July, Midco SN is re-airing some of our favorite UND hockey, basketball, volleyball, and football games from recent years. Plus, we've got the new covered as well, with new episodes of Midco Motorsports, Benchwarmers, and our all-new summer show, Midco SN Trivia Nights, coming your way as well. That's Midco Sports Network. This is how we do sports, and this is the Built Shapes Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Built Shaves Podcast. We're taping this on a Tuesday morning, May the 26th. Alex Seinert, Built Shaves. This is week 11 of the pandemic, give or take, depending on when, when you want to start. Bill's looking good. I'm, I'm feeling good. How are things going in your world, Mr. Chips? Yeah, doing doing great, Alex. And uh, hopefully you had a great Memorial uh, Day weekend. Uh, yeah, no, uh, doing well. But uh, seems like each week we just continue to either learn more about this pandemic. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's where we are right now. So, uh, you know, the NCAA is, is trying to navigate through this. I think each institution is trying to navigate through this. And certainly every athletic department. Unprecedented times continue. Uh, one, of the, one of the nice things that we've seen, at least in recent weeks, though, since our last pod, which, is, which was at the end of April, there have been a lot of more, more positive news coming out. It feels like the curve has been flattened to some degree. Obviously, a lot of states are still under lockdown or have pretty strict restrictions. And there are, you know, there are still people that are getting sick because of COVID-19 and because of this pandemic. But at least it feels like now there is a, a real light at the end of the tunnel. And even though we have a long way to go, I guess it feels like everyone's becoming a little more optimistic about this. At least that that's from, from what I see, Bill. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, you know, I think until we get a vaccine, let's go to the end game, right? That That's like when uh, the scoreboard says zero, 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 well, I think is when we get a va- vaccine. So we're living with the virus right now. And I think we're trying to figure out what that looks like. And, uh, you know, I think with states opening up a bit, obviously there's guidelines and you're trying to adhere to the best uh, health practices. And, uh, you know, you're trying to think, okay, so now what does this look like moving forward? And I think everybody's kind of calendaring timeframes as, as far as what this may look like. And I think last week uh, with the NCAA, uh, again, kind of opening the door for voluntary workouts again, that was a, a step and then each institution has to figure out what that means for them. Um, and then, of course, uh, ultimately, we're looking at what, what does practices look like and then what does competition look like? You know, pre-pod, we were talking about, you know, some of the other uh, some of the other sports that are working through this. And I think those are the steps or the sequences they're going through. It is nice. And we've talked about this before, but it is nice that we're in a semi-off period, at least in terms of competitive fixtures, competitive meets, competitive games for college athletics in the summertime, where you can see what some of the other leagues that are still very much in the midst of their competition, whether that is all the different European soccer leagues, Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, etc., on down the list. How are these other professional sports doing this sort of in the midst of their competitive season? And that's, I think, given the NCAA a chance to, to sit back and watch and plan and, and get things ready for the fall. And that's going to, I think, pay dividends. Hopefully that we'll obviously have more information about what this virus is doing when we get to middle of June and the middle of July when we have to start making these plans. But well, you're right. The NCAA Division One Council making some steps to say voluntary workouts on campus can now begin after they had been 
outlawed essentially up until May the 31st. That's a good step in the right direction. Yeah. And so each institution then has to decide on what does, you know, what does that mean for them? And we're going through that process right now uh, to kind of figure out, you know, it does, does sometime in June work for us? And what does that mean for, for the, uh, for the particular sports that, that are, you know, normally I'll say that quote unquote, normally here during the summer, because not every student athlete is normally here during the summer. So, so, and again, with these being voluntary workouts, uh, again, there's no requirement that you have to be here. So we're just trying to be thoughtful and uh, figure out what that might look like for our particular facilities. And we're grinding through that right now, Alex. So hopefully, you know, we'll have some uh, information about how we're handling it uh, in the next, uh, hopefully within this week. That's that's my hope, uh, you know, but again, uh, one thing I've learned through this whole thing is uh, just because it might be my plan doesn't necessarily mean that's gonna work in my time frame. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, one thing that came from that Division One council meeting this last week, and as you said, they've, they've been meeting more frequently than they normally would because of all the changes. Uh, FBS schools have been told they cannot have camps or clinics on campus this summer from a football perspective. I didn't see anything in the write-up about FCS schools. Where, where are they at with this? Where's UND's perspective on it, being able to host camps and clinics in the summertime? Yeah, we've already made that decision that that's not going to happen on our campus. So that, you know, I, I, I think there's a, uh, I think most institutions are in that, uh, in that arena, if you will. Uh, and I think maybe FCS might follow through or follow suit uh, uh, with knowing what the FBS is doing at this stage. But um, that's back to, I think, campus by campus. I, I think each each institution has to do what they think is in the right, uh, uh, the right uh, situation for them. And so that's that's what we're doing, but it doesn't necessarily mean others may not be doing something different. That, that just might be the case. And I think that's what we're gonna find out too about these voluntary workouts. I think everyone's gonna be in different phases. And so I think uh, each state is going to uh, decide, you know, what what makes sense. And then of course your local health uh, uh, authorities are, are gonna weigh in. And then of course your, your institution. Coming out of this past week's NCAA D1 Council findings or reports or et cetera, was there anything else that caught your attention, Bill, that really came from this, this past meeting? Uh, no, I, I mean, I think everyone was waiting to see whether or not uh, that May 31st date where everything was, I'll call it locked down, was it, was it going to be sort of reopened? And uh, once that occurred, that gives now us uh, institutionally uh, the ability to kind of figure out what makes sense for us. I think if you want to bring it on home to the Summit League a little bit, the one thing that we're still waiting for, and I, from what I understand, it's going to be in June, is kind of the St. Thomas conversation. And that's something, you know, will be helpful for all of us to know maybe, you know, maybe what direction uh, the NCAA is thinking about, because that would assist us in obviously future planning. It is interesting to see how that has been, I don't want to say kicked down the road a little bit, but that's sort of the nature of everything else that's been going on. It's a huge decision that the NCAA is going to have, certainly for St. Thomas as an institution, but also for the, the member schools that 
have invited them to join them. And this again, wouldn't be for this next season, but for the 2021, 2022 campaign, Augustana is very much in the same boat as well. Augustana university has been going through the virtual touring process of trying to earn a bid from the summit league. And they've not been able to do that with people on their campus, but have been able to do so virtually now during this time, but they're kind of waiting as well to see if they are going to garner a bid from the summit. So it's interesting to see that just the, the dominoes of conference realignment and, and, our conference that we're currently in for our Olympic sports kind of in flux and sort of still waiting for some of these decisions to take place in the midst of this dead period. Yeah. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, we've said it multiple times on, on this pod and I, I think where I stand is, uh, to try to figure out how we can get to travel partners. I, I think that's, that's about as simple as it gets. And I, if we can find a way to, to do that, I think that will, uh, enhance everyone's uh, um, experience when it comes to uh, all of the schedules, whether it be from a student athlete standpoint, just a consistency level. Uh, and so so more to come, I, from what I understand, the NCAA will be taking that up uh, from an agenda standpoint. So we'll see, uh, see where that uh, leads us uh, sometime in June. Stay tuned. That's it. I mean, I, I mean we have our go-tos in this pod and usually stay tuned's one of them. That's one of them. That's, well, let's go there. Stay tuned. <laughs> We'll be looking forward to hearing more about that in the in the coming weeks. And again, that would affect next, not this coming season, but the following year. It is interesting, by the way, when you think of the next season, and just because we're talking about conferences, you would be moving into the Missouri Valley and looking at the football schedule and seeing the schools that are going to be on that. We're you know, opening up at Youngstown, seeing North Dakota State as a conference foe, having South Dakota State come to the Alaris Center at the start of October. Again, we've talked about this a lot, but that's exciting to see. I did get a little peek at the tentative basketball schedules the other day, and it's funny to see Kansas City on there, welcoming a new member into the Summit League for next season as Purdue-Fort Wayne ships over to the horizon. It is just, it, again, another reason why every year is kind of new. It's just It's new for our sports, new for our fans, new teams to kind of get to know, new rivalries to form maybe some old teams to sort of welcome back over the last couple of years. Just another reason to be excited about sports coming up for 2020, 2021. Yeah, no doubt, Alex. And it's something that's going to be out there this week. I think it it dovetails nicely into this conversation is that I've headed up a group over the last couple of weeks uh, that's looking at our our particular venues that we play at and uh, in an events group uh, that really cuts across all parts of Grand Forks, uh, you know, primarily the Alara Center and uh, and the Betty and the Ralph. And and, uh, there's just a a number of folks that we need to uh, get together on a weekly basis. And I'm kind of, I guess I'll call it uh, back in the day, the Tim Russert of the group, right? Just trying to direct traffic a little bit and just trying to figure out how you can get fans into venues as we're thinking about the fall and do it in a very, very safe way, uh, do it in a consistent way. I, I think that's important. If you want to engender confidence uh, you know, with the public, I think uh, if you're going to, let's just say the Ralph or the Betty or the Alaris Center, there's probably some things that might make sense that uh, you can expect going into those venues. And uh, that's what this particular group is uh, uh, is is kind of uh, charged to do. Yeah, the UND Athletics and Events Group. And again, if you're listening to this podcast, either information is already going to be out there or will be coming out shortly regarding this. But it, like you said, Bill, this is a really good thing. I mean, so people in the community can know what to expect if they are going to go out and, and be at a football game or be at a concert or be at whatever. And that's to have sort of these big venues all working together, people from those different, you know, high capacity 
areas in conjunction with each other, that's going to pay dividends to keep the community safe, to let people have a better idea of, you know, what to plan for when they go to an event. And hopefully, again, hopefully we do have people in the stands and hopefully people can stay safe and enjoy these live, you know, group gatherings safely uh, in person instead of just having to do so from their living rooms this fall. Yeah, no doubt about it. And so we've got folks from uh, from the city and the county. We've got general UND folks as well from the campus. Uh, obviously, uh, Jody and his crew are on there uh, from the REA, the Alaris Center. Uh, Anna, uh, our GM uh, over at the uh, at the Alaris with Spectra, that she's on board. And uh, so just a number of people. And then we've got some folks, obviously, with athletics too. And so um, all with the thought process, process, Alex, is if you're thinking about a UND athletic event, there should be, again, some things that are checked across the board, no matter where you're going. So uh, again, you know, the one thing we need to be is a couple things, right? We need to be flexible and we probably need to be fluid. I mean, because this seems to be something that is is altering or changing or we're learning some things on a weekly basis. So just getting these folks together, we're going to learn a lot from each other. It's been unique to see live sports come back in different parts of the world. And right now, everything has been Sands fans. Nobody's in the Sands. It's you know empty stadium, very limited capacity with only so many journalists, so many, so many, sort of you know personnel that that need to be essential personnel. Essentially, that's the term we've been using for however many months now. We've seen now some colleges come out, like Iowa State. Even just today said they're hoping to have maybe half capacity at Jack Trice Stadium for football this year. Ohio State has said we're hoping for maybe 30,000 instead of 100,000 at the Horseshoe and trying to find ways to socially distance and do things safe. Uh, I know like racing fans are seeing this summer, some racetracks have opened up and some thought about having fans and then backed off and some are still sort of figuring that out. I know we're still a long ways away from having people in the stands, but right now would that still sort of be UND's hope that we can maybe do more limited capacity but still get at least some people into the Alaris, into the Betty, into the Ralph come this fall. Yeah, I think that's exactly what this group needs to kind of get their head around and figure out what makes sense for us here in Grand Forks. I think uh, you could look at Medora. Medora is uh, is is having uh, less folks per show. I think they've added a show or two per week, so they're trying to you know get as close to maybe what the uh, attendance levels were the last several years. But um, yeah, I think when you're talking about events, whether it be sports, it could be culture in some way, shape, or form, the arts. I I, I think we're all in the same boat, and we all need to be thinking, what does that look like? Uh, and so that's what this group is 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 kind of uh trying to figure out um we're not there yet we don't know exactly what that looks like and so uh but we are meeting on a weekly basis and uh we'll make we'll make the right decisions uh for the safety of our fans that do want to come you know uh, again depending on how that looks moving forward maybe some other places are just i'll call it ahead of us right now and that's fine um but at the end of the day that's what this group is intending uh to do and that's the UND Athletics and Events Group that Bill's chairing. And it, again, like you mentioned, we, we trust. I think there's been good partnership, obviously, with the various venues in the city of Grand Forks for a long, long time in the University of North Dakota. We hope that continues in a positive way through this. I think everybody has a lot of confidence that if this, if anybody can figure this out, I think this is, this is a group that really works well together and should be able to decide what is best really for the community, for, for our student-athletes, 
for the fans that are coming to these events, for the folks that are working in the concession stands potentially and maintenance people all, all down the line. I think there's a lot of confidence that we'll come up with the right solution. And this group is obviously a good step in the right direction. Yeah, I, I think, you know, maybe to button it up, Alex, I, I think the best way to probably think about it is there's another group, a smaller group that's inside, I'll call it the beltway here, so to speak, uh, myself, Steve Westering, Eric Martinson and Jody Hodgson. Um, and I thought Jody put this very well. You know, we've got to think through what does it look like to come through the back door, our student athletes, coaches, those types of things. And then this group that we've put together, it's going through the front door. And so that's kind of the way to think through it, right? Is what does it look like when I go through the front door? What can I expect? We want to make sure that everyone is safe uh, and they feel as if uh, when they do come that we've taken all the precautions that we can Obviously, you you can mitigate risk to some degree. I don't know if you can mitigate risk to zero. I I don't think that's possible. So still, there's going to have to be a decision point for folks to decide whether or not they they want to attend an event or not. But we have to think through it and be uh, really thoughtful uh, and make sure that we're we're sharing the best practices that um, that that we see around the country and bring it here to Grand Forks. Yeah, good to hear. I think the big thing is, again, this is just another optimistic step. This this is good news that we're talking, having these conversations, planning on sports for the fall, hopefully planning on maybe having some fans in the stands. Again, we're a long ways away from these things happening, but it's promising that this is still plan A, that we're still hopefully going to have seasons as normal uh, come late August and early September uh, for UND for, for, and for teams really around the country. Yeah, I, and I think this, I, I think we're planning for that until we're told otherwise. And, you know, that's just our mindset right now. So we are planning for a fall season. It just might look a little different. That's all. And so that's yeah. what we're, that's what we're uh, up to at this stage of the game. You know, everything looks a little different right now. So, so this is, that is, you know, it's par for the course. Let's just say that. So I think people will be excited and ready, whatever, whatever comes. And uh, hopefully, again, Hopefully sports is a part of that conversation to get things back online come the fall. I guess abnormal is the new normal. Atypical is the new typical, (laughs) right? I mean, if it was typical and normal, we probably wouldn't be in 2020 right now. That's right. Exactly. Uh, One thing that we are excited about that is going to happen in some form come this fall, this was announced between pods, a new UND Athletics Hall of Fame class is joining the Ring of Honor. Six inductees, two teams jumping on board. Hopefully this will happen in person, but Hall of Fame weekend is coming up on October the 9th and the 10th. The banquet will be on Friday the 9th at the moment, and, and they'll, the and new inductees will be recognized during the football game the next day against Missouri State. Really good group again this year, Bill. Yeah, our letter winners uh, group uh, who meets, uh, for the most part, on a, on a monthly basis, uh, take uh, the summer off, so to speak. But then once the academic year kicks in, it's about a, a monthly a monthly session with this group. They really take this uh, very, very seriously, as they should. It's one heck of an honor. And uh, I love this event. You know, it, it really kind of encapsulates what we're all about, right? And building on, you know, what others have done before you. And so uh, I, I would say go to fightinghawks.com. Mitch has done a nice job uh, detailing some of the things that uh, we can look forward to for this particular group. But you're right, Alex. It's, it's an exciting time when you can bring back folks and bring back a team and, you know, just sort of serve as, as an, uh, 
you know, uh, the ability to, 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 for them to get together and, and reminisce and, and, and look yeah. back at, at some awesome, awesome uh, experiences that they here had at UND. Yeah, Mark Callahan, early 90s football defensive lineman, Travis O'Neill, late 90s for football, a national champion, the team's leading tackler in the 2001 national title season. James Patrick, who was a hockey All-American and was... James Patrick, by the way, got a lot of play on our broadcasts a couple of years ago when Christian Willannon became the first defenseman since James Patrick in the early 80s to lead the team in scoring. So James, who was a longtime NHLer, he's going into the Hall of Fame. Dean Rudrud, who was a tennis great back in the early 80s. Mark Sundriel, uh, track and cross country in the late 90s. Um, Sandy Walford with basketball in the mid 80s. And then the 1935 through 37 and the 1973 and 74 men's basketball teams will all be enshrined. So pretty cool stuff. And then a special shout out to former UND alum and current Utah State head men's basketball coach Craig Smith, who's going to get the Tom Clifford Award. Um, While the Bauman family will be honorary letter winners. So really good stuff. It's going to be a really fun night, October the 9th. Um, Get in touch with Val Sussex. Again, there's a great write-up on fightinghawks.com. But if you want more information about the banquet, I believe early August, I think you can start making your reservations. Uh, And again, the hope is that we'll be able to celebrate that group of six folks and those two teams in person at the Alara Center Ballroom come mid-October. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're, uh, you know, being thoughtful about when to, uh, uh, you know, get those tickets on sale based on, again, a little bit later is better, I think, during this time frame right now so that we have more information. So that's certainly the idea, Alex, but of course, we'll pivot and do what we need to do and and be flexible and uh, fluid. <laughs> the, the great ones adjust. If we're going to just keep going on with things that we say all the time on this program, that would be, that'll be the case for this fall, more than likely. I'm not sure we have a choice, so <laughs> we're just going to have to go do that. Oh, excellent. Well, congrats again to those inductees to the UND Athletics Hall of Fame. Uh, kind of one, one sobering note from around the NCAA that was big news, sort of in our, in our part of the world as well, Alabama-Huntsville canceling or, or you know, chopping men's hockey along with, I believe, both of their tennis programs. Uh, they were just unable to continue those given the current state of things and for the hockey team, especially without a conference moving forward after this season, uh, they became you know, kind of the latest in, in, in a kind of a sad tale right now of, of universities faced with really tough decisions of what sports do you keep? What sports do you maybe reduce scholarships and what sports do you cut altogether? Huntsville was a team that that came to Grand Forks. Like we just saw this team play in the Ralph last January. They need a million dollars by the end of the week is basically what it sounds like. And so more than likely charger hockey will be, will be ended, but it's really, really tough stuff built for these programs to have to go through this and make these tough decisions. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think you're, you're looking at a lot of different, uh, you know, areas in the world right now, right. From a business standpoint that are all, you know, looking, looking at, uh, um, their particular, uh, operations in, in figuring out, you know, what it is they want post pandemic. And I think that's, you know, unfortunately just part of it from, a. uh, an athletic standpoint. Yeah, we had gotten what good news a couple of weeks ago where Long Island is actually adding hockey. And then unfortunately, we get the news last week that Huntsville is uh, is dropping it. And so, uh, again, as an athletic director, Alex, I'm not sure uh, outside of you know, ever having a tragedy with one of your student athletes, start there, right? Uh, if there was ever loss of human life, there's nothing worse than having uh, sports, you know, dropped. Uh, and I don't think there's a president or athletic director um, or board of trustees or whatever you want to call it, board of regents that ever really want to go down that path. Um, 
you know, so, so it was sad. It really was. And especially when you're talking, you know, 60 schools that play hockey at this point, you know, not that every school uh, across the country and every sport isn't precious, but it's certainly precious. Yeah, it's a small fraternity. And, it, you know, those 60 schools, and again, we got to, like you said, we got to 61 for a couple of weeks, and now we're back down to 60. It's it's tight. It's a tight group. And to lose one like this in this time is, is difficult to see. And again, Huntsville was a D2 powerhouse, won a couple national titles in the mid-90s, but just had a tough time finding success in the D1 era. And now that program is is no more. We unfortunately went through, uh, you know, a similar, you know, exercise a couple of years ago. And, you know, that was, you know, not, uh, you know, not anything anyone wants to sign up for, for sure. And, uh, uh, but there's certainly a fiscal reality to um, uh, everything that we do. And institutions are in that, uh, you know, uh, scenario where they've got to think through what does higher ed look like? Not only so much, you know, even pre-pandemic, I, I would always be asking, what's the next iteration of higher ed in a sense? Because it kind of felt like you were always straddling between, I'll call it distance learning in some way, shape or form in in-person learning and then how do they coexist with each other you know those are things th- those are real uh, questions that each institution has to ask themselves then when you talk about the holistic environment of a uh, of an institution you know you can absolutely argue the reason why you go to college is not only the experiences you get in the classroom but it's outside the classroom too and it could be co-curricular not necessarily extracurricular so those are things that you know i think everyone takes incredibly serious but unfortunately there is a reality to to some things and and sometimes you have to make really really difficult decisions and i think institutions across the country have done that over the course of time and we'll have to continue to do that one other college hockey note in terms of schools making tough decisions we heard last week that there are some schools that are backing off on some of their non-conference road games and holy cross announced they weren't going to be able to come through with the deal to go to arizona state this year uh, just because logistically budgetary it just didn't make sense for them to travel across the country to play a non-conference game you know arizona state obviously is a non-conference school they're an independent school they have to do things like this and travel to the east coast a lot and bring teams in from a und perspective bill i think at, at the moment at the time of the report came out North Dakota's schedule is not expected to be affected by this. Most of their trips are either really most of the flights are all in conference. The only real flight is going out to Cornell other than the Nashville trip, which is not called off by any stretch, but it's, it seems like, again, we talked about college hockey being a small group. Everybody's going to be affected by this. This is going to sort of change the landscape a bit, especially if more of these cancellations of non-conference series continue. Do, do you see the NCAA maybe changing the maximum number of games? Do you see? Uh, is there some things that the NCAA does from a competitive standpoint to help balance this out? What are your thoughts? That's a good question. I would say the simple answer right now is I'm not sure we're there yet. So I still think... There's a, let's call it another, the calendar is turning to June next week. I'd say by the end of June-ish, you're going to have to really think through where are we and what does it look like? Because you can calendar out, um, the I'll call it 2021 at some point, but at some point you're going to have to have a, a date. Let's, let's call it a date at some point where you're going to have to say, all right, well, we're going to have to get our, 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 our students back on campus to get them 
you know, obviously, uh, physically and mentally prepared for for whatever is is going to be ahead of them. And my guess is that will be like no other because, unfortunately, of what they've been able to probably been able to do over the last three months, which is uh, my guess on the whole will be less than what they normally do. That's just, you know, in general terms, that probably makes logical sense. I think we need to be prepared for anything, Alex. I mean, I think, you know, I think if you go, if you go through it, at least my mindset is this. I think you start with your conferences. What is what are conferences looking like at this point? Because I think, you know, as as we go into each season, you always sit there and say to yourself, well, you want to be the best in your own conference. So what's the conference doing? And then ultimately, then you look at, all right, what do we have non-conference? And then, are, you know, are those going to be impacted at all? As we're recording right now, I, I can tell you, I, I don't have any of the, that information, like anything being impacted at this point in time, but I'm not naive to, to, to know that, you know, we could be a week away, two weeks, a month away from really potentially altering some things that we have to do. So I, again, uh, flexibility is going to be the key here. Uh, it really going to have to be the key. And I, I, you know, we had our summit league meeting last week and we touched on what do potentially championships maybe look like at this point, but, but, we all kind of agreed that I'm not sure we needed to make that decision in the third week of May. I, I, I think that's where we ended. And not that we're naive and not that we're, I, I'd say, tone deaf on by any stretch. I just don't think we needed to make that particular decision at that point in time. Now, having said that, when we get more information and the calendar gets deeper now, closer to September, we're going to have to think through you know, what this looks like. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up too, because that was the next point we were going to drift into, because we've seen the Mac and I believe the SoCon have both come out and said that different championships for their conference are going to be adjusted this year. Either some of the conferences, uh, like the number of teams, for example, that make it to a conference tournament in volleyball would be reduced from eight to four. The, the length of a golf conference championship would go from a three-day event to a two-day event. Some of those sorts of decisions are being made. And so, some are pretty, pretty big, pretty drastic moves by these conferences. So it's interesting to note the summit is not making any decisions at the moment for events in the fall, the winter, and the spring. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's no different the way we are trying to figure out our budget for this upcoming year. We have one, I'll call it the normal budget, right? As if everything is just going to go according to Hoyle. And then we have we have multiple, we have additional budgets, uh, templates, models, if you will, in case things get altered. And I, I think, you know, there's no doubt that us as a league are looking around and seeing that other conferences are making some of those decisions right now. I think the big sky did as well. And they, they made some alterations, but I, 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 I think we, we felt at least at this moment in time, this moment that we didn't have to make the decisions at this stage of the game. And uh, you know, it, it doesn't mean you're right or wrong. Whenever you make your decisions, you just have to make decisions that are right for you. It seems like that's the common theme to some degree. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can get guidelines, <laughs> but then you have to bring them on home to yourself and then figure out what makes sense for your institution or in this case, your conference. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Again, we've said it a lot today, but stay tuned. It's going to be another area. We are just going to have to watch and see what happens over the next week or two or three or a couple of months. And things will change. So just be ready. Your calendar might 
look one way one week and it might look a little bit different the next week. But all that information, when things pop up, fightinghawks.com is a great resource. Bill Shaves' his Twitter page, strong, North Dakota AD on Twitter. Good place to look. <laughs> you know, and, and truly, Alex, we, we went back and forth last week, we, you know, you and I, and, and we debated, you know, when's the right time to, to pod or not. And the reason why I, I really felt like we should do it a little bit more than not, and I think in our head, we're probably going to maybe do it every other week. It, it seems like things are changing on a weekly basis. And we felt like after about 14 days, we probably need to regroup again because things could be a little bit different than what we're potting today. Who knows what it's going to look like in a couple of weeks? I, you know, and, and again, I'm, how should I say this? I'm, I'm a guy that stays pretty much between the 45s. And so I don't get too high or too low. I, I watched some, I'll call it videos over the weekend where, you know, maybe there wasn't as much social distancing as, 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 as some would want. But the one thing I will say is we're going to learn a little bit about what that looks like. And you know what? That's not a bad thing in some ways. I mean, others, if they want to go extreme, are going to say it's the worst thing in the world and, you know, it should have never happened and whatever. I mean, if you want to go extremes, you can go extremes. But the reality of it is we've got to try to learn to live with this virus right now. And I think we're going to learn some, uh, we're going to have some greater information the next time we pod. Well said, Bill. And that is right. This is this is the plan now moving forward. We had been doing kind of monthly base touches over the last two months, really, since the pandemic began, just because, you know, it was hard to sort of know what was going to be next. And Bill needed some time to sort of regroup and we needed time to sort of let things play out. But now, I mean, there's a lot of meat on the bone here to chew through. There's a lot of stuff going on that we had to kind of cover over the last month. So yeah, so the plan is now every other week moving forward, at least for the foreseeable future, you're going to have a new Build Shaves podcast in your inbox uh, just to sort of keep you posted on what's happening with UND Athletics, what's going on around the NCAA. And now as we transition into the B side, what's happening in, in other things, I guess. But this is, uh, it's, it's going to be fun to be able to touch base a little more frequently with, with listeners out there. And so you can hear Bill's thoughts on what's happening, especially in this time of constant transition and constant change. Yeah, we end up, uh, you know, the one thing that it seems like I've been having to say to our staff is, you know, whatever I'm saying to you today, it feels like I always have to qualify it by saying, by this afternoon... There, you know, it could alter to some degree. And the only thing I can do is do my best to, to, uh, to communicate with as many folks as possible about where we are, uh, at the current time. And so, yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it, we've not been through this as a society for what, over a hundred years. And so life, you know, is a lot different right now, but technology for sure is, is, uh, is, is our friend through this as well. And so as long as we can stay connected in that way and then share information, I think this is a medium that we can do it with. Well, that is the plan moving forward. So be on the lookout here in two weeks for another edition of this podcast. And then moving forward in that same vein as we try and keep you posted on what's going on in the world right now, in the world of sports, and hopefully things that you care about uh, get talked about here on this podcast moving forward. Uh, Bill, anything on your mind from a UND or an NCAA perspective that we did not touch on here on the A-side? Those are the big ones. Those are the big ones, and I uh, want to make sure we touched on those. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, as we uh, as we move forward, we should have additional information the next time we pod about, you know, how, how are we, uh, you know, 
trying to get our student athletes to some degree back. And, uh, you know, that'll, that'll take, uh, probably, uh, some updating as well. But I think at this stage, that's kind of where we're at. Uh, but it's been a, uh, been an interesting last month or so. And, uh, the last thing I'll say is congratulations to all the graduates of UND, uh, that, that happened yeah. a, a week ago Saturday. And so, uh, you know, that's a big, big deal. And, uh, you know, a, a family's life and, uh, congratulations to all those graduates. Yeah. Amen. It's so funny because those things just kind of pass within your consciousness at this time of year anyway, but because we didn't have a ceremony or you didn't have sort of the normal receptions or all the things, it is sort of easy to forget that, yeah, we just had a college graduation. People just crossed the finish line, like you like to say, got their diploma, broke the tape, and are now ready to go join the workforce and go make some things happen and make the world a better place as professionals. Yeah, definitely. Congratulations to those kids out there that have put in four or five or maybe more years of work or came back to get a degree or got a secondary degree, et cetera. It just, nothing better than a good education. And it's cool to see that hard work rewarded here this, uh, this past weekend. That's right. That's right. Uh, big deal. It's a big deal. Well, we're going to flip just briefly quick B side today, and then we'll, uh, then we'll get you out of here. But uh, on the B side, B is for Bundesliga, Bill, because Bill has jumped on board the German football bandwagon. And <laughs> it's it's been fun to sort of see, again, just kind of dipping your toe in the water and kind of thinking, well, you know, because again, no other international soccer is happening at the moment outside of Korea. Germany came back to full action, two, gosh, last week, two weeks ago now, I'm losing track of time. Not this past weekend, but the weekend before was the first weekend back, match day 26. And I'm just curious what your thoughts are, because again, no fans in the stands. The Bundesliga is all about the fan experience. How do you perceive soccer as a fan when you're watching it from home and there is no atmosphere in the stadium, Bill? Let's start there. Yeah, I I, I think it's fine. I, you know, uh, Leverkusen was playing yesterday or the day before, I, I, one of the days. Yeah. I, I, and, uh, and I think there might have been I'll call it canned crowd noise. There were some things in there. It's just interesting how each uh, each uh, facility is doing what they're doing, and you know you've got all the cutouts to some degree, and that's kind of <laughs> neat. I just, I, it's just fascinating. I, you know, it's funny to me. Like soccer, I think you can get just dialed into the action, if you will. And uh, I flipped last night because I flipped a WWE. I don't know if you caught any of that. <laughs> yeah, I missed that one. Yeah, but go ahead. What's interesting about it is I was listening to a pod with The Undertaker, who, uh, and again, did 30 years of wrestling. It was amazing. I, I mean, amazing. And so Bill Simmons interviewed him, and it was pretty good. Now, having said that, I wasn't tracking that they were doing live events right now now they're doing it in a studio and that's weird that was weird that was that was weirder than say soccer soccer just feels like it's more of a spring training game in baseball yeah you know but it's still tremendous action and uh you know as we're recording this one today you know uh dortmund will play Bayern munich which is uh teams one and two in the bundesliga I'm going to guess it's no different than doing a pickup basketball game, you know, uh, somewhere, uh, you know, in the city where it, it's a, you know, very competitive game. It doesn't matter if anybody's watching you or not. I mean, you're going to go play. And that's what I think everyone's excited about. So I don't know. What's your thoughts about it? No, I agree with you. I, I don't think the spectacle obviously is lacking. Like it's, you know, when, when a goal is scored or when, 
a hard foul is committed and the fans get into it. Like that's a big part of what sport is. It's that connection between the fan and the event. But it's certainly better than nothing. And I've really enjoyed having it back to wake up on a Saturday morning and turn the TV on and there's soccer. And it's, I don't think the product on the field has been affected that much. I think maybe there is a little less intensity because you do not have 40, 50, 60,000 people, you know, screaming, egging you on or booing you. Uh, And we might see this in college athletics this fall potentially. But to me, it's not, it's maybe lessened it, you know, by a small percentage, but I still have really enjoyed watching these matches and have really gotten into it. It's been a lot of fun. Bill and I, unlike in the EPL, we have both chosen the same team to support. We're both Borussia Dortmund people. Now we're on, the, we're, we're full Dortmund and it's, <laughs> and it's, it's not bad because they're actually, they're pretty good. They're in second place right now. And so if they beat Bayern, again, as you're listening to this, you'll know the result if you care about this stuff. But this, uh, this team is really, really fun to watch. And this, this is the club that my manager, Jurgen Klopp, was in charge of for seven years and sort of helped rise to prominence and won a couple of titles back in 2010 and 2011. And it's fun to see sort of his footprints still, his fingerprints are still all over this club, even though he's been at Liverpool now for the last five years. They're, they're a fun club to watch. So I, I respect your choice. I think you did the right thing, Bill, in jumping on the black and yellow bandwagon. Yeah, I didn't know <laughs> anything about this other than the fact that Tottenham played them last year in the Champions League and they seem like a fun team. And uh, when they do have their fans there, uh, it's a pretty good atmosphere, and so uh, yeah, and they they are fun to watch. They they like to they like to um, they like to play offense, which yeah. uh, they get after, it. and they've got a lot of really good, talented young players. So uh, should be interesting as kind of go forward. And yeah, it's it's just neat to watch another league uh, how they do what they do. And I think we've talked about this before on the pod. I I like it as much for the soccer as I do the kind of the business side of it. I mean, how do they do what they do? And I'm trying to learn even, I think even on a week to week basis, they're making some tweaks on how they're bringing competition back, uh, you know, with this pandemic. And so those are important things for us to hopefully uh, learn uh, and, and, and learn from. So, uh, yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah. My son kind of, I sort of picked the team to some degree. And so we're on the same wagon with this again i just so you know he's like the, my other son not so much in the sports the, the derek yes and we have no interests uh, that are alike in any other sport except for soccer so apparently that's that's our connection at this stage of the game so we it's, live and die with the spurs and and dortmund who knows they got a big one today yeah it's good to have that connection i'm glad you guys can share some so there's not just complete animosity <laughs> all the time <laughs> At least from a sporting perspective. That's correct. I mean, you know, somewhere along the line, uh, I don't know what happened, but I can see he's got a little bit of a, he likes to tweak people a little bit so I can understand (laughs) kind of how that goes. And so, uh, yeah, so this, this was good. Um, And it's just amazing to me thinking through it, Alex, is how the Bundesliga popped onto the scene so quickly as compared to some other leagues, you know, cause I, I know the EPL is kind of still talking through it and some just canceled. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, and this comes down to how well Germany as a country handled the pandemic where the cases in Germany were so much less, they had good institutional planning from the top down to test and to, you know, contact trace and to do those sorts of things. They were just, again, it's, it's sort of cliche, but they were very efficient. Germans are just efficient. They're very efficient and organized. They got on the same page. There wasn't like this great push and pull of, you know, hey, we don't want to, I think the, the citizens bought in 
to saying, if we do this right, we're going to get back to normal a lot quicker. And, you know, that, that's not a slam against Italy, who obviously had, you know, so many, so many more deaths and so much more of an issue, or Spain, or the UK that is still very much dealing with this and does not have really a plan in place, like you said, for the Premier League to come back. But it just seems like because the country did such a good job of staying disciplined, doing what they needed to do on an individual basis, listening to guidelines, they were able to get sport back a lot quicker. And all these other countries are going to be at least about a month behind and, and maybe even further if they can't quite get things together. But that's, that's kudos, kudos to the Germans. Angela, running a tight ship over there. The societal DNA of the United States is really to have lots of options in life. And I think when you minimize options, um, it probably doesn't bode well for the, the, for the country. And, and I'd say we're, we're probably coachable to a point. And then, then all of a sudden we might not be as coachable as other countries. That's a really good way to put it. There's too much of an independent spirit in this country, which has pros and cons. I mean, this is what allowed us to take the bull by the horns and defeat the tyrant King George and win our independence and do these sorts of things, do great things, westward expansion, all those things. But that spirit also sometimes can work against us a little bit when we're trying to come together collectively I don't want to get too political here, but when you're giving up freedom, when you're giving up some of those things that you sort of expect in a democratic society, sort of for the greater good, we sometimes as a country have a tough time with that, for right or wrong. And that's kind of what we've seen, certainly with Memorial Day weekend, as you alluded to, some people have a tough time not following guidelines because they feel like it infringes on their freedom. And, you know, that's why maybe sports are going to be a little bit slower to to come back. Yeah, you know, and again, it's how our country was formed, right? And so, you know, I mean, so to some degree, I think, you know, if you can't get results, it's like, this isn't like a, a math test where you can get a, a the number. Here's the answer. It, it's, it's almost as if, depending on what lens you want to look through, right? I mean, a lot of times there's a legal lens, there's a financial lens, there's a public health lens. There's just lots of lenses. And, and then you're trying to umbrella all of those, you know, thoughts and it's hard. I mean, it's not, it's not binary. It's not zero or one. No. I mean, it's somewhere in between. And depending on where you are, sometimes you're closer to zero. Sometimes you're closer to one. Sometimes you're smack dab at the 50-yard line. So hard, hard to say. But other than that, we're, we're going we're gonna to keep trudging on. And, uh, <laughs> and, and we're, we're, we're going to keep learning. And yeah. that's what we're going to do. And hopefully, knock on wood, we're going to see some things here in the United States. That's the other tricky part. It seems like a few other things have gotten in play, whether it be golf or race car uh, at this point in time. But boy, our, our, I'll call it our top four sports. They haven't gotten rolling yet. Not yet. And Major League Baseball feels like it's getting at least closer to a plan. I think that's the thing everybody's waiting on. The NBA right now is in talks to restart the season in Orlando and doing essentially the entire season and postseason cloistered at the Walt Disney World Resort, basically is what it kind of sounds like. The MLB is maybe going to have this 82-game season where you just play West Coast teams, Midwest teams, East Coast teams. You kind of stay together. The NFL right now is planning on going ahead as as possible, you know, as, as they planned in, in the fall. And the NHL is kind of up in the air still, too, about like how we're going to do things. And they might take sort of a, a 
it sounds like they're kind of in between all, all three of those things of like some sense of normalcy, maybe some divisional things where we're just going to play teams close to us, or maybe we do a bubble thing and we're just at a hub city kind of across the U.S., maybe four or five different ones. Everything seems to be still in play for Mr. Bettman. So I'll leave you with this, and we probably we can close here, is, you know, we can take our cues and learn some things from uh, the professional sports, but I think a college campus is just different. It's different, no different than high school sports or youth sports. And so the question's then going to come back, how do you live with this? And how do you compete with this? And I think those are some of the questions that we're all trying to, you know, grind through and say, well, if then something happens, what's our response to it? So it's almost like you need to ask all the questions that are going to be asked and have the answers to them ahead of time. And there's going to be some things that I think some folks are going to miss along the way, and they're going to have to be thoughtful to be able to quickly pivot and then correct or recorrect. So it's, it's challenging, but you know, somewhere along the line, I'll be interested to see when we start rolling in here in the United States. Yeah, I think we all are. Yeah. It's just that matter of, you know, being, as you said, being flexible, staying soons, not maybe getting your hopes too high. And then, but again, remaining optimistic, you know, staying positive, knowing that things are going to get back to normal-ish, hopefully sometime sooner than later, and that life is going to go on and we have to do what we can to make the best of it. That's all we can do. This will end and we're going to be stronger post-pandemic. I agree with that as well. I agree with both of those things. Yes. Other than that, Alex, I, I've got nothing. I, I, I've got, I've got nothing. We've got to have Dortmund win today. I know we got. We're, we're missing. We're missing the match here. We got to go. Well, we have to make this a Bundesliga. Like it's got to come down to the wire. If this, if this thing, if 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 Bayern gets this one done today, no bueno for Dortmund. It's, it's, it's over. over. Yeah, this, this essentially all the drama would be over because it would be a seven point gap at the top with only five matches to go after this. No chance is anybody catching them. So, but if Dortmund wins, all of a sudden it's a one point gap. And it is game on, Bill. Let's go, Dortmund. Come on. Come on. All right. On that note, big thanks for everybody out there for listening. Thanks to Bill Chaves, as always, to Cassie Niles, our producer. I'm Alex Heinert. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with the next edition of the Bill Chaves podcast. Stay safe.